from APM, this is Educate, a podcast from APM Reports about ideas and research on how we teach and learn. I'm Stephen Smith. I feel a little scared about if I, you know, just walk down the street, you know, cops might just think I'm, I'm doing something bad. And then if I'm trying to explain to them, they won't listen and then just start beating me up and doing terrible things to me. I remember when I was younger, I went to, with my family to a restaurant and they made us pay in advance just in case we like didn't pay afterwards and that was kind of upsetting. I think there's like this anxiety that kind of comes with being biracial, like that kind of eats away at you, like almost like you have to prove yourself like that you're one or the other, like for example, like I hear the phrase, you're not black all the time. These are 12-year-olds describing how race impacts their lives. The audio came from a WNYC public radio series called Being 12. Recently, a team from Northwestern University investigated how racially charged incidents like these may influence the way students of color perform in school. The study found that black and Latino students who reported experiencing racism had higher levels of cortisol, a hormone linked to stress, and one that is known to impact focus and learning. This research suggests that the stress of racism may be an important contributor to the academic achievement gap between white students and students of color. Northwestern professor Emma Adam joins us to speak about these findings. Welcome. Thank you, Stephen. So from a scientific perspective, what is stress? What does it do to the body and to the mind of a young person? is um, both a psychological process and also a biological process. So uh, it's something you perceive in your environment that mobilizes your biology to help you deal or cope with the stressor. So in the short term, it's, it's positive. One uh, hormone we look at that's part of the stress system is cortisol, and increases in cortisol in the short term help to mobilize your energy and focus your cognition. Uh, but in the long term, if those responses are repeated too frequently, and the hormone levels uh, change, uh, it can be problematic for, uh, for cognition. What does it do? Does it make people uh, confused? Does it make them anxious? What happens is stress hormone cortisol has a daily pattern. You are supposed to wake up with high levels in the morning, uh, have a surge in the hormone right after waking, and then that uh, helps to mobilize you for the demands of your day. And then you, you decline to low levels in the evening that allow you to prepare for kind of calm down and prepare for sleep. What we find is under chronic stress situations, people have lower levels of hormone in the morning, and that makes them groggy, fatigued, and uh, makes it harder for them to um, overcome their sleepiness and harder to concentrate. And that's the pattern that we see in repeated uh, studies. Many different studies have found that pattern in minority youth. Which is a, a real problem because especially as they grow older, the morning isn't a great time for kids in school anyway. No, absolutely not. So you need all the energy you can get. Um, so we hypothesize that those low levels of stress hormones in the morning um, are contributing to racial disparities in, in cognition and, and in, in attainment. Now, to be clear, you're not saying that stress alone 
is contributing to the academic achievement gap that is often seen oh, between... Oh, absolutely not. Uh, what we're saying, uh, and what, what we've done is, is put together a, a review article that reviews a wide range of research uh, that provides evidence that uh, stress is potentially a factor that hasn't been considered sufficiently. So there's many, many other factors that contribute to racial disparities in attainment. So uh, there's obviously broader structural factors, there's uh, school and teacher quality, there's many, many factors that go into the picture. And we're just arguing that this is one factor that's been underappreciated. What kind of stresses have you identified uh, in individual students as you've done this kind of research? What sorts of things are happening to them uh, in the course of their day that's that's causing a problem with cortisol? So uh, in our uh, research, in, in, in this paper in particular, we focused on racial discrimination as one stressor that is um, uh, problematic for stress hormone functioning. But really, the stress hormone levels, cortisol levels, are very sensitive to anything related to social rejection, social isolation, uh, sadness. Those types of uh, feelings are very activating for this hormone. And over time, they cause these changes in the functioning of this stress hormone system that we believe are problematic for attainment. And what kinds of... uh incidents, what kinds of experiences have you identified as being specifically race-related that causes this issue to be a problem? Sure. So we have a study where we asked uh, questions about racial discrimination in adolescents and then actually followed people for 20 years through into adulthood and looked at their stress hormones in adulthood. And the types of questions that were most predictive of those stress hormone levels were uh, things like school-related experiences such as a feeling that teachers called on them less because of their race or feeling that teachers graded them harder because of their race or feeling that they were disciplined more harshly because of their race. And then also uh, peer-related experiences such as feeling like other kids don't want to hang out with you because of your race or getting into fights because of your race. So both uh, experiences with teachers and experiences with peers, but also um, other experiences in daily life uh, that uh, make one feel that one is being treated unfairly due to one's race are, are all uh, things that have related to stress hormone levels. Have you been able to compare the stress experiences of uh, children of color who are in affluent neighborhoods as opposed to children of color who might be in neighborhoods where there's other kinds of stress that may or may not be related to racial discrimination? Sure. The study that I was just referring to was in a relatively affluent neighborhood. Um, but in our research, we look at stress associated with um, racial discrimination. We look at a wide variety of other stressors. Things like exposure to violence also alters these stress hormone levels, um, family stress, family conflict. There's lots of things that alter those stress hormone levels. But when we take those other factors into account, racial discrimination still predicts the hormone levels. So it's not just that these kids that are feeling uh, discriminated against are also experiencing other stressors that is uh, explaining this phenomenon. There's been a lot said lately about grit, about how persevering through difficulty can actually uh, add to a child's development and education, that it can be a good thing. How does that factor in here with this uh, research on stress? So I think the 
one that what we're trying to point out is certainly grit matters and perseverance matters, but it's really hard to have that grit and that perseverance if, um, just like if you don't have sufficient nutrition, we consider cortisol levels, we also consider sleep as something that's been that's strongly affected by discrimination and matters a lot for performance. It's hard to have that grit if your body isn't essentially ready for your day, if you've not got sufficient sleep and if you've not got the sufficient of these hormone levels to mobilize you. Uh, so it's asking a lot, of, uh, a lot of the child to find that grit when their stress biology in some senses is uh, um, causing decrements in, the, in that grit. Can you say a bit more about how the stress experience affects sleep? What is, what's going on there? Sure. So, uh, you know, we, we sometimes think of sleep as a behavior that you, we choose, but any of us that has had uh, a difficult period in our life can attest to the fact that, that stressful events um, interfere with sleep. Sleep, and, and as well as cortisol, they're both vigilant systems. When you feel under danger, you sleep more lightly for, uh, for a reason. And so that lighter sleep uh, and that shorter sleep that goes with stress um, is uh, uh, it's good for staying safe in times of danger, if you think of it in evolutionary terms, but it's problematic for things like cognition and learning the next day. So sleep is, as we said, it's, there's evidence that it's affected by uh, stressors and particularly evidence that it's affected by stressors such as discrimination. And there's also evidence that African-American kids sleep uh, less per day than Caucasians in nationally representative data. And some of that it appears to be due to perceived discrimination. What can be done in the classroom and in the hallways uh, to make the experience less stressful for kids who are being affected this way? Sure. Ultimately, we would want to reduce exposure to, to discrimination for kids, and that's going to take some wide-scale societal change as well as changes in the classroom. Teachers um, are working uh, very hard under very difficult conditions, and so having, you know, putting one more thing on their plate to be focusing on uh, reducing kind of discriminatory behavior is, is, is a lot to ask, but I think having teachers be aware of these issues would be helpful, and so changing the exposure to discrimination is one thing, but also changing. There's ways in the meantime that we can uh, reduce children's stress uh, levels. And so things like getting a, a regular sleep schedule, even if you're sleeping less, if you go to bed and get up at the same time every day, that really helps to improve the quality of sleep that you get. Uh, things like uh, meditation, mindfulness-based meditation, which are being employed in some schools, should help to regulate these stress hormone levels. And we have some research launching that will we'll, we'll test that theory. But the other thing that we've found to be really helpful is uh, bolstering children's sense of racial ethnic identity. So kids with a strong racial ethnic identity uh, who uh, feel a lot of pride in their racial background, are very aware of and engaged with their heritage, tend to feel less isolated and have better regulated stress hormone levels than those that have a less strong racial ethnic identity. So there's ways to help uh, kids uh, promote that through things like ethnic studies curricula, as well as um, specific interventions that we're working on to increase kids' sense of racial ethnic belonging in schools. Emma Adam is a professor of human development and social policy at Northwestern University. Thanks so much for the conversation. Thank you, Stephen. You can find a link to Adam's study at apmreports.org. And while you're there, you can check out our archive of podcasts and documentaries about education. We'd love to hear what kinds of thoughts and questions this podcast and our other work bring up for you. 
Contact information is at our website, apmreports.org, or you can write us a review on iTunes. That way, other people will find out about the podcast. We're on Facebook at APM Reports and on Twitter, where our handle is at Educate Podcast, one word. Support for APM Reports comes from Lumina Foundation and the Spencer Foundation. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM. APM.